OHSU takes its responsibility to keep employees and patients safe seriously. When employees are safe, their ability to flourish and contribute to a safe working environment increases. Unfortunately, our emergency department is seeing an increasing number of weapons entering patient care areas. As one solution, OHSU is installing a metal detector in the emergency department entrance and will study its use for six months. It's Tuesday, July 6th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Josh Anderson. Jennifer Smith sat down with Desiree McHugh and David Jones to learn more about the solutions to keep employees and patients safe. Before we continue, a content warning for our listeners. In support of trauma-informed communication, please be aware that this podcast contains topics that may be activating for survivors of violence. Thank you both for joining me today. I would like to ask you first to introduce yourself and tell us about your role in the OHSU Emergency Department. Desiree, would you like to go first? Hi, I'm Desiree McHugh. I'm the Director of Emergency Services, um, and my scope includes both the adult and pediatric emergency departments, as well as ED observation. And Dr. I'm Jones. David Jones. I am a staff physician in the emergency department working both adult and peds. I'm also the residency director, so kind of am very involved in, in some of the training aspects that we do in emergency medicine. Thank you. So I understand that you surveyed the emergency department staff regarding requirements for their feeling safe, and it ultimately led to a decision to install a metal detector this summer in the emergency department. Can you talk a little bit about that process and what led to the decision? Sure. We've been working on staff and patient safety um, for the last several years. And starting in 2015, we um, every two years started having safety surveys for all of the people involved in the emergency department of the interdisciplinary team. In our most recent survey, 90% of the staff, which includes physicians, learners, nurses, PAS staff CNAs said that they had encountered workplace violence in the course of their work. When we probed more into that, we learned that most of these encounters are verbal violence, but some are also physical and violence. We teach our staff de-escalation um, training so that they can have the tools to de-escalate stressful situations, but we also encountered that some of these instances included weapons like knives or guns. We discovered that patients sometimes bring in these weapons with them and during the course of their care may threaten to hurt themselves or a member of the team because of some perceived injustice or um, because they aren't in the right mind frame to be carrying a weapon like that. We want to eliminate weapons entering the clinical care environment, not only to keep our staff safe, but to keep patients and other visitors safe. I want to first applaud Desi. She's been the driver for a lot of this. This has kind of been been her baby and has taken over. But I, I then also want to call out that this is not a problem that is unique to OHSU. This is a problem that, that we encounter all through emergency medicine. A 2018 survey um, by the American College of Emergency Physicians found that nearly 7 in 10 emergency 
uh, physicians said that uh, they were having noticing increases in department violence. And it's not just the faculty and staff that are being affected. In that same survey, they found that about 80% of violent encounters actually wind up harming patients as well. So by doing this, we are protecting ourselves, we are protecting our team, but we're also protecting the people that are coming here in other situations in, in a way that no one should have to encounter. But it is something that that unfortunately our unique brew of intoxications, illness, discomfort, wait time, and everything else seems to result in in violent activities at times. And I understand, I mean, there's already several safety measures in place in the ED. Would you be able to help inform us around those? Yeah, we've made a lot of improvements over the last several years, including adding panic buttons, adding cameras and visualization for our security team. We have our Department of Public Safety officers stationed in the ED to reduce their call time to emergencies that might happen with regard to violence or aggression. We also have some security guards um, in the emergency department as a show of force and to help with keeping things safe. In addition, we offer annual training for the emergency department staff. We have done verbal de-escalation skills training. We have done personal safety and evasive maneuvers. And I've had the lovely opportunity working with Dave on being able to educate for the last three straight years our incoming interns to the emergency department and how to keep themselves safe as new learners and how to use basic de-escalation skills to help someone who is in crisis be talked down, trying to avoid the violence in the first place. Wow, that's quite a portfolio of training. I mean, I think that really gives us a sense of the unique circumstances in which, you know, the emergency department um, operates. Are you, are either of you willing to talk about a personal circumstance you've dealt with in, in a safety situation in the work setting? Unfortunately, we have all too many stories. You know, again, as, as we implied before, people that come in and they are intoxicated, they're uncomfortable, they're scared, they're in pain. And sometimes with those circumstances, their inclination is to lash out. And so I think if you talk to any nurse, if you talk to any physician who's been in the emergency department for an amount of time, we've all been struck. I think we get, we get threatened routinely. We are sworn at, even if we're not doing things. And sometimes it's, it's for things that, that in another circumstance might not elicit any kind of reaction, but due to that particular situation uh, winds up driving someone to, to perform actions that many times they, they regret later on. You know, I, I know that I've been struck before by a patient who after we got kind of the situation calmed down some, he apologized to me. And so it's not always intrinsically the, the individual that's, that's having the problem, it's the situation, but the situation is one that, that is by its very nature going to happen as an emergency response. We're going to have emergencies. We're going to have people that are uncomfortable. We're going to have people that are having problems. And so it is us kind of tweaking the situation as much as possible to make it safe for the staff, while it might not decrease always the frequency of 
some of these events, it can decrease the severity of some of these events. Yeah, I would have to agree that most people have these stories. Unfortunately, I personally have been threatened with physical or sexual violence. Um, I have been sexually assaulted by a patient. I've been punched by a patient and I've been threatened at knife point by a patient. And you know, what keeps me up at night is not the violence I have experienced, but it is the fear for my staff and the other patients or visitors that are in the ED. You know, people come to do their jobs at work and being threatened by a machete, which has happened in our ED, having a switchblade held up to you, which has happened in our ED, having a patient hold a knife to their neck and try to commit suicide in front of you. These things are scary and they leave with people and they often have long-term impacts like post-traumatic stress disorder, acute stress disorder. People have left our department because of experiences with violence. Some have left nursing or the healthcare profession in general. And if I can make sure that every person working in this environment not only can come to work safe, but make it home safe to their families. That is my goal. And I feel like it's my responsibility as a leader to protect the people who are working in this environment. And of course, the other patients. And you don't want to be scared. You're already scared that you might have an illness, something really frightening happening to you or your family member. The last thing you want is somebody threatening you with a weapon. And we've seen unfortunate headlines where really, really bad things, including death, have happened inside the emergency department because leaders acted too late. Thank you very much for sharing. Switching gears a bit, we have to acknowledge that racism and bias exist. And in our goal to be an anti-racist organization, OHSU acknowledges this. So what can we do? What is the organization doing to ensure individuals from historically marginalized backgrounds who might encounter the metal detector feel safe and supported. So, so I think that, that that's an excellent point and one that we do have to acknowledge and think about. As we mentioned, the, the violence that happens in the emergency department is not something that is directed towards any one person or one group, that it, it winds up affecting everybody in the emergency department. So the efforts that we're putting into play here are intended to protect everyone who comes through. In that context, we also recognize that for some individuals who come to the emergency department, this is a mechanism, having a weapon is a mechanism that they use to feel safe and to protect themselves when they're when they're outside the emergency department. And so it is a very fine line that we have to walk. I have had patients that have, you know, accidentally realized that they carried a gun into the emergency department and then they they turn it over, you know, and as we make sure that that we're not taking things from them, we are giving them back their their personal property when all is said and done. Um, and we're making sure that this is something that everybody is going to be exposed to. We're not singling out any individuals. Anyone who walks into the emergency department is going to pass through the metal detector. Anyone who comes in and is is healthy enough to to do that is going to get scanned so that we can create a protected environment and a safe environment for everyone that comes through. I'd like to add, you know, we have um, recovered 212 edged weapons in a year period in the emergency department, and those are just a 
folks we've searched. And I think actually adding the metal detector reduces bias because right now we pick who's searched. We say, you know, you're very mentally ill and might hurt yourself or someone else. And so we're going to search you. However, other folks aren't searched. And this increases bias and it makes it selective about who we search. So in this way, everyone gets searched. I'm also hoping that this decreases interactions with law enforcement. For folks who've walked through the metal detector, have no other risk factors where they may need to encounter a formal member of law enforcement, they shouldn't be subject to pat-downs in our department. Right now, our mechanism of safety searches actually includes law enforcement contact, which may be more traumatizing for some folks who have been marginalized or who've had bad interactions with law enforcement in the past. I do recognize that folks who've had these experiences may feel that just putting up a metal detector adds a barrier or a, another opportunity for them to be discriminated against. And we're going to do everything we can to diminish that, eliminate that, have those conversations and we're also going to be measuring the impact. So um, folks in our waiting room, patients who visit us and staff will be able to talk about what is our impact with the metal detector. And, you know, if the impact's negative, I can't see us continuing this measure. But again, I, we have to weigh discomfort versus the safety of our team. And ultimately, at the end of the day, keeping our team safe is our number one objective in doing this. One thing that I think actually we should also add on to this is that the care team is actually not going to know what what the patient came in with. So there is not going to be a element of, oh, this person had a knife, therefore they are dangerous. So they're going to get the same care provided that that they would if if they didn't have a weapon. Um, and so kind of we are making what we hope to have happen is that we're making the environment safer, but still providing the excellent care that we normally would be. I also want to recognize that um, our BIPOC staff have experienced increased discrimination over the past several years from patients and visitors and can be the target of additional violence. And I'm hoping part of this is also protecting those BIPOC members in our team and helping them feel safe and not feel like the targets of violence or discrimination from the patients that they are caring for. Wonderful. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we close? I think the, the biggest thing to think of here is that this is not something that is being done to discriminate, but is something that's being done to protect. As Desi mentioned earlier, we have lost team members due to incidents that have been committed to them. No one should have to do that. The, the, you know, when you go to, or if you work at a bookstore, you don't expect somebody to attack you. Why should that be an accepted thing in the emergency department? So our goal is to make this a safe environment for people that work there, make it a safe environment for people that come there. And that is what we're trying for. That is what our, our target is, not to make people uncomfortable. And if this is part of the way that, that we get there, um, I think that the, the cost-benefit analysis, uh, at least preliminarily in my mind, kind of lands on the side of protect the staff. I would agree. And I think that we know 
that globally in the emergency department, violence is normalized and that the violence in our community or, you know, just the social injustices and socioeconomic and social determinants of health that impact our communities are front and center in the emergency department. And we know that protecting our team helps us give better care. When you feel safe, when your basic need of safety is met, you're gonna provide a lot better care to your patients. And that's what we're aiming for here as well. Well, Desiree, David, thank you very much for joining me today and sharing your experiences. Thank you. Thank you. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced by Jennifer Smith and edited by me. I'm Josh Anderson. Thank you for listening.